0: I once, when I was a youth worker, long before I knew you, I had uh, worked with a young person who lived with their grandparents. And whenever I used to have to call home for any reason, to call this young person's home, their granddad would pick up and he had quite a high-pitched voice. And so I'd always, I'm going to make a name up for the young person, say, um, Kevin. I'd say, is that Kevin's granddad? And the voice would go, no, sorry. No, I would say, is that Kevin's grandma? And the voice would go, no, it's it's Kevin's granddad. And I'd go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's Tim calling. Um, I just wanted to. And that happened a few times. And then there was, there was one time when the same voice picked up and I was like, I'm not doing this again. So I was like, hi, is that Kevin's granddad? And the voice went, no, it's a grandma. And I was like, are you fucking, are you winding me up?
1: <laughs> Why would you be so sorry that you'd mistaken him for
0: a her oh don't get on your high horse dan
1: <laughs> you were like so it's like just, i'm so sorry i'm so sorry like this is I'm so not, bad.
0: not i'm not i'm not being transphobic because i'm apologizing <laughs> for having mistaken someone's voice for another person's voice
1: i mean the fact that you jumped, jumped to transphobia <laughs>
0: we both know that's what you were angling well at.
1: i was just curious about why so apologetic what's so wrong with being mistaken for a woman
0: well, in the same way that if I phoned you and every time I phoned you, I got Greg's voice confused with your voice, that would after a while feel like, Tim, you've caught me like ten times. You must know my voice by
1: now. I mean, what because we, we haven't got we haven't got a landline where you're gonna call us and we're gonna be like This wasn't
0: this wasn't the last decade in my defense.
1: Right. This was in the twenty tens.
0: And was it a landline? Maybe even the might have even been the noughties. Yeah, it was I a landline.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine that time again. Of just picking up the phone, not knowing who's ringing you, and yeah, like it yeah. just that, and not feeling because I think that if that happened now, I'd be anxious to pick it up. But like then, it, there was no like anxiety attached to picking up the phone for me. So oh, that, I was just like I just pick up the phone.
0: My I remember my anxiety as a kid was not so much me calling friends, but friends calling me, because my dad who will listen to this podcast and I hope he takes on board what he's about to hear, um, was at the time, less now, much less now, but at the time, was so obsessed with etiquette um, to the point of being quite rude, which defeats the point of etiquette, because etiquette should be about being polite and treating people the same. Yeah. Um, but I'd have friends who'd pick up and go, oh, hi, is Tim there? And my dad would go, may I ask who's calling, please? Um, it's Gareth gareth do you know that it's polite once you call someone to tell them what your name is oh sorry sorry mr leeson and he'd belittle my friends like that he'd berate them like fellow 14 year olds and so i was mortified if ever my friends called and my dad answered the phone because i'd be like no please don't have a go at my friends he still does it now he did it and again i hope you're listening and i hope you take this on board he had it the other. so my dad is like Far left, Jeremy Corbyn, socialist, you know, probably got some communist leanings in there. Um, And the other day, someone, my mum told me the story. I wasn't there for this. Someone came to their door selling poppies. So around early November, um, and this poor lady, volunteer from the local community, knocked on my dad's door and said, hello, I'm just selling poppies. And my dad went, no. And she was quite (laughs) taken aback. And then my dad explained that, like, do you know that by um, selling poppies, you're promoting a a pro-war stance and you're rejoicing and celebrating in the death of like nationalist, you know, whatever. And he just went on this tirade, this like socialist anti-war tirade. And my mom t- was telling me this. I was like, just what, take a day off. It's just, like that's just some local community volunteer. It's not like you're not talking to Boris Johnson or Vladimir Putin. Like, it's just some poor lady who's trying to do something quite nice for people.
1: Um, wow. Anyways, so anyone that so anyone that like surprised the Leeson household if they encountered your dad first, they're in for an education that they weren't expecting.
0: It's still something, I've got a friend quite recently, so planning a little road trip to York in March, and my friend happens to have picked up on the fact that my parents live halfway up and was like, maybe we could stop over at your parents' house overnight and break the journey up. And it'll be the first time in, I don't know how long, that I've introduced a new friend to my parents. And again, if you're listening, guys, and I know you are, (laughs) just please don't be weird. Please just be nice. Just be polite. Don't worry about etiquette. Don't worry my if my friend eats with the knife and fork in the wrong hand. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, does it? Don't worry about how my friend eats the scrambled egg. doesn't matter what their technique is for eating a scrambled egg. Just leave it. Just leave it. Just be nice. Don't point out other people's flaws. I'm just... This has, become a, this has become a podcast solely addressed to my parents now. Gabby I, and Peter I, Leeson, if you're I mean, listening. <laughs> I mean,
1: I wondered why you'd suggested this spontaneous recording, and now I realise it's a public the, service announcement to your parents. That's right.
0: Yeah, it's just the airing of grievances.
1: <laughs> I love my parents well, very much. They've been very good to me all my life.
0: I, I feel like I should say that. that there, yeah. I do feel like I have to say that. I do, <laughs> and it is true. It is true.
1: Um. It's funny that thinking back to the landlines though, like announcing yourself, maybe why you're ringing, like answering the phone, maybe with the phone number as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. like,
1: like the, you just recite the number that they've just dialed. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I don't know what that the the purpose of that is, but
0: yeah, that was always a weird thing. And my um, I don't know if she still does it, but my mum used to answer the phone with her name, so she yeah. would say Gabby Leeson. When she answered the phone.
1: Not hello, Gabby, just Gabby Leeson.
0: Uh maybe she said hello as well. I can't remember. But I remember I had a friend at school, also called Tim, who, whenever he phoned, thought it was the funniest thing because my mum is German. And mm. so where we would say Gabby Leeson, she says Garby Leeson, because mm. that's the German pronunciation. So she answered, and when she goes answers the phone quickly, she'd go, Gabby Leeson. And my friend Tim were thought for a long time she was saying. <laughs> cubby leeson and i remember on the playground him just like crying with laughter like why does your mom say cubby leeson when she answers the phone what does cubby mean and i was like what she doesn't and she goes yeah she goes like cubby leeson i was going no she's oh that's her name she's saying gabby, Le- gabby leeson like that
1: <laughs> that's amazing do you do you remember your landline phone number from when you were little oh one nine oh eight
0: five oh one four two six
1: two five seven six nine three I remember mine, I remember my grandparents, I remember my best friends when I was child. Yeah, it's really odd how they just yeah. stuck.
0: I still remember my French phone number as well. Really? I was I moved away from France when I was eleven years old. Twenty-six. Would you say it in so French or in old. English? In French. 03 44 Carr7 oh, that's
1: a beautiful accent, too. Yeah.
0: Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Genuinely.
1: I really I, you just really impressed me and um endeared me and i really loved that
0: i have a friend a woman who um said to me a little while ago that uh being able to sing and play a musical instrument and being able to speak french are two of my greatest qualities when it comes to attracting the opposite sex um and she said so then i said something like so if I were to upload videos on Instagram of me singing a French song or something like that, that would be pretty powerful. And she was like, Yeah, you want to use that power wisely. And I was like, Now you've said that, I'm gonna use that power. I don't know about wisely, but I'm gonna use that power.
1: You've just like discovered this new superpower.
0: Yeah, I didn't know I had it. Didn't know yeah, I had it. Some
1: people I think different people are drawn to different things. Some people are really impressed with I mean, you've just massively impressed me with that accent. Um it's just it just sounded beautiful. Well, you're welcome.
0: Anytime, anytime.
1: <laughs> well, here we are. We're, we seem to have, uh, yeah. have ended in, in, in like a Joy Story episode. Should we, we have ended?
0: Should we say something about why we're back after we said that we wouldn't be back? Well, actually, we didn't say we wouldn't be back, did we? We said maybe we'll be back and maybe we won't. And yeah, we did we kind are.
1: of leave it as a, will we be renewed for a new season? or? Yeah yeah um and we've, we've been renewed for a holiday special
0: yeah a new year's uh potentially one-off new year special we'll see we'll see we'll see so i am um, so welcome welcome back uh, listeners to joy story feeling a little bit melancholy after christmas for all sorts of reasons and today um i was sitting here and i got a graphic novel in the post uh called it's lonely at the center of the earth which is amazing it's so good i really recommend this it. by an artist called zoe thoroughgood who's only 24 years old and she's got like the wisdom of like someone who's lived several life lifetimes over it's really and it's an exploration of loneliness and depression and that kind of stuff um and it's so well done and so well illustrated and so personal and confessional. And I, I really, really recommend it. But anyway, having read that, um she like she doesn't draw any, she doesn't kind of get to a point of being like, and this is how I fixed my depression. It's just kind of like <laughs> it's still kind of there. But she has this kind of thing at the very end about getting out of the center of the earth and leaving the kind of little escaping escapist bubble you've created for yourself so i decided i'm gonna do that that's what i need to do so i went for a little walk in the woods in the rain um and thought to myself i used to record podcasts while i did this what what's what's dan laughing about
1: it's not suitable for. (laughs) oh no
0: oh is it we dan and i had an inappropriate conversation about what happens in woods earlier on before we hit record is that what you're thinking about
1: it's definitely what I was thinking about. Okay. Um, okay. Sorry, sorry, Tim. You carry on.
0: Um, and that just made me want to talk to Dan and to put something out there. Um, so I text Dan, and here we are about an hour later. Um, set up on our new uh, hosting platform now on Acast. Um,
1: sponsored by Acast. Um, we're not.
0: Yeah, we could put ads in this now that we're on Acast, but I'm not. I'm not going to.
1: Um. I'm really pleased you did message. This is Tim and I's like second spontaneous thing this week. Um, Mm. We met up earlier in the weeks, uh, both which Tim instigated, which I'm really grateful for because I wish I did more of that and would like to do more of that. Um, So yeah, second spot. And I'm really glad you did today and the other day. But today, because um, I mean, spoke a bit about a little bit about loneliness there, but like I was just sat, and I was okay, I was watching TV, I was with Norma, my dog, and was just starting to develop a little bit of a empty feeling, which Mm -hmm. always feels a bit sad, and like when that comes, like I know it's going to be okay, and then you'd messaged, and then my husband Greg got home from work, and like it all felt really lovely again, everything was fine, and it's just, I'm really glad that you messaged, and it was nice to, yeah, to, connect again and do this again. And um, mm. yeah, I don't like that start of emptiness feeling. Um, yeah, yeah. It sucks.
0: Yeah. It's hard to know what to do with. That's like, I've, I I, guess I've kind of felt that way a little bit just over the past couple of weeks. Mm. Um, not permanently, obviously, but that, that feeling is one I'm quite familiar with. And I think Christmas in some ways highlights that feeling. Because there's an expectation that you're happier than average at christmas and if you're maybe slightly less happy than average then it really multiplies that feeling um and it's been a bit of a weird christmas i think for me this year um for a number of reasons um um that i need to like I should have thought about this before we started talking, but I just, I I need to think in my head about how, how I tell stories that involve other people's feelings that (laughs) potentially will listen to this. Um, but so I guess like the, the, the short, short story is, um, relationships slash love life stuff is a little bit tricky for me at the moment. Um, and kind of, By my own choice i'm choosing to occupy a space of limbo with that stuff which um, limbo is a kind of shitty place to be in dan and i talked about limbo the other day over lunch didn't we and you dan was saying you hear limbo as like a neutral space
1: well well, a a bit of a a neutral floaty i'm just kind of waiting here space Um, yeah yeah
0: whereas for me the word limbo i think mainly influenced by x-men comics because there's a limbo realm in x-men comics it's kind of like hell <laughs> um, yeah. so it's not like a peaceful fuzzy place it's quite a difficult place to be but i'm choosing to be there it's my choice to be there not, not anyone else's um and also just before christmas literally about a week before christmas i had to have one of my lovely little cats put down um which uh which really fucked me up actually which made like and, and continues to fuck me up i cried about it today actually for it's been a little while since i cried about it but today it came back
1: um, sorry, Tim. that is it's it's such a such a sucky
0: horrible
1: like horrible feeling, which yeah. I know we've like chatted a bit a bit back and forth about this, but also kind of can evoke some lovely feelings and like some others oh, the reason like I feel that bad is because of what I got from that connection, relationship, whatever we're talking about. Blah, but mm. I think um yeah, it's a pit of your stomach horrible feeling.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. It was like I genuinely don't think I've cried that much in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've gone through difficult stuff, you know, I've gone through, yeah. you know, a few years ago, I went through a breakup that, you know, of a relationship where we were engaged and we were together for 11 years, but the cat dying was just, it just opened the floodgates. Like I've, I've for five days, you know, I just, I, I cried a lot and, um, and i'm gonna be careful i'm gonna try my best not to cry although it's great for views it's great come on come on where are those tears yeah 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 yeah. the audience will love it if i cry a little bit (laughs) you might get some you might get some stick around um but what what's really surprised me with that is how how different my home feels two weeks later so i had two cats and i've got one cat um and the loss of one of my cats has made home feel tangibly different um, in a way that I wasn't really expecting it to. Um, I think the other cat, Apache, who's here in my room with me, um, I think is is grieving. Um, yeah. She She's not quite been herself the past couple of weeks. And I've looked up some of her symptoms online and it turns out, you know, that they do think that cats grieve and I think that that's part of what's going on with her and I am too. And so between the two of us, it's just kind of been a little bit of a sad kind of sad Christmas really. Um, Which I appreciate to some people will sound a little bit mental because we're talking about cats, but I, well, that's the reality of my experience that. Yeah.
1: Screw, screw those guys. Yeah. Um I just, I remember experiencing the same thing, which we've, Norma is our third boxer, and like from losing the two before that died, um, I remember those same feelings actually. But um, some people don't quite get it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the it's like it's just a pet, it's just an animal kind of vibe about yeah. some people, not many, but some people. And um, no, I do remember, and I remember how much I cried as well losing my dogs. And I think I said this to you as well like, I had this really. Strange, almost irrational thoughts about the things I'd never get to do with them again. I remember being in yeah. the supermarket, about losing my last dog, Rufus, after he died, and thinking, I, and I remember crying in the supermarket, thinking, oh, Rufus will never be in Azda with me again. And he would, he'd yeah. never been in aster with me. I mean, like, he would never be in Asta. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But like, yeah. and I had that in a number of different scenarios where I was like, he would never be here, but like, he's never going to, and it was just that. I think he's, I'm never going to get to be with him again. I
0: think, yeah, the, yeah.
1: I love of that i'm never yeah. gonna get to experience that connection with him again yeah yeah um, yeah wherever totally. that was it wasn't about taking him shopping in Azda.
0: yeah yeah yes yeah. <laughs> that's yeah that's just a, a manifestation of something else isn't it that yeah. the Azda thing yeah. um yeah but yeah, it was similar and it still is like it'd just be occasionally little things that um Like, so she'd been unwell for quite a long time before she died, as you know. So I think probably the last, especially the last three months or so of her life, um, she was vomiting a lot. And it got to the point where she was vomiting every day and she had diarrhea and all that kind of stuff. And it's just little things like, like a few days after she died, I was in bed. And I thought I heard her vomiting. So I got out of bed really quick to like put her into the bathroom, which is what I used to do. So, you know, they sit on hard flooring rather than on carpeting <laughs> yeah. um, and got out of bed really quick and was like, Oh, nope, she's not here. That whatever I heard, it wasn't that. Yeah. I, I guess I'll just go back to bed now. And just those kinds of things oh. like the empty food bowl and and that kind of stuff, you know, those are all the little things that kind of set me off. But then every night, like now it's been two weeks, I think roughly since I, since it all happened um and like I'm mostly okay, but yeah. when I talk about her, I still get like especially if I talk about the thing, the event itself, you know, I've yeah, to put her yeah. down. That that really fucked me up.
1: Um, I'm sorry. Like I just i when you were saying about like the how home the feeling of homes changed because of that, I really remember that feeling of so when I've we had our first two boxes, Cookie and Rufus, we we had them together and then Cookie died. And it was just Rufus, and we had Rufus to come home to, and like it had changed. But I was really grateful that Rufus was there. And then we got Cookie's ashes back, and uh, we would bought a, a boxer dog shaped like urn, and um, right. right. her ashes are in that. And then similarly, when Rufus died, we bought another, a different boxer shaped urn, and his. And when we got his ashes back, uh, like I think it was about a week later, and and into the house. I know he's not home, but like I had such a sense of almost like relief of it. Like it felt like he he was home. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's just having his ashes back. Um, But when you were saying about your cat grieving, when Cookie had died and we had her ashes, Rufus used to go and give her little urn uh, a little nudge on the face and like a little lick sometimes. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. And it's not like he did that to everything. It wasn't like he nudged everything in the house. And then it was always like, I I just kind of wonder what's going on there. Yeah, Um, Yeah, yeah. And what... What is that? And because I think he, he, I mean, he definitely felt her absence in good ways and bad ways because they used to fight sometimes. So sometimes right. his life was a, a, quite a lot more relaxing, actually, when
0: yeah, Cookie yeah.
1: died. But I think he did also miss her. And uh, like, I feel fine talking about them now. But you know, if I start thinking about, I mean, Norma's only like two and a half at this point. But if I start thinking about losing Norma at some point or die, like, I it, I, I my brain stops the thought process. I was like, I can't, I can't yeah. think to yeah. to losing her because, like a few months ago, I lost her for about ninety minutes walking, um, and couldn't find her, and I thought that was it, and I was in such a panic, yeah, um, and it was awful, and I can't bear the thought. My brain just stops the thought going any yeah. further because I can't, I can't do it.
0: I I, I remember. So I had um my cat for twelve years. She was twelve years old when she died, um, or j- nearly twelve. Um, and I've spent the past 12 years saying, I don't think I'm strong enough for the day when one of my cats dies, like it will just ruin me. Um, and so I've known that it would ruin me for 12 years. Um, but when it got to it, I was still really, (laughs) sorry, still really surprised by how much it ruined me. Um, and it's like, yeah, two weeks in, I'm still quite surprised by like, like I knew this would fuck me up. Um yeah. but it's still like, whoa, this really fucked me up. like it's a weird thing. um yes. yeah, because I thought like I'd go, it would happen. I knew I would cry a lot and lot on the day that it would be really, really sad, and then I would come home and life would carry on. um but yeah, I think I just I wasn't prepared for that sense of like just home feeling kind of different. Um, and in some ways, like you said earlier on, like a little bit easier. It's quite nice that I don't have to clean up puke every morning. Um, and it's quite nice that I don't have to spend a hundred pounds a month on super yeah. expensive, easy to digest cat food for her. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so that, that all will make my life a little bit easier. Um, yeah. But I'd still. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to cry a lot in this conversation. I would still have her. Yeah. with all of that then not yeah. have her if I had the choice
1: of course um...
0: sorry audience <laughs> please
1: please I was really hoping you weren't going to apologize again for it then.
0: <laughs> no well it's it's it uh, doesn't make for great listening does it um it's
1: it's yeah. it's real it's real isn't it like it's yeah it's yeah, heartbreaking it um I think I guess I wasn't expecting to talk, talk about this really, but, um, and maybe, me neither. I, like, I, but well, so I I? just think what it's evoking really, like I, I mean, I don't really like the whole get to new year and like, well, this year has been this and next year is going to be this. And new, you know, yeah. but like it's a time where it just, like the world seems to force you to reflect on the year. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd already got to a place of reflection on the last year. And if I was to sum up at 2022, it, this is what this has just evoked really, is is a real sense of loss and um, a new trepidation or anxiety about relationships in my life. Mm. Um, And I think I've only just recently realised some of that. I've had, I think, a whole year, I think, of scrambling around, if, is is would somewhat how I felt like I've been doing this year is scrambling yeah. around from starting new jobs meeting new people uh moving house new activities new like it's just lots of scrambling around to try and find something yeah, so, um, yeah. and maybe that relates to that kind of home feeling and although I've had kind of c- constant home feelings in, in Greg and Norma mm. um there's something that I really lost and had such a awful kind of grotesque ending of I don't, I don't want to be so explicit really but like a, 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 I was gonna say of a job last year but it was more relationships and mm-hmm. some relationships that ended and finished in a really painful way and F- friendships yes friendships yes yeah. Um, yeah so friendships that ended in a really sad way and, and I had my like I guess like suspicions about why that had happened and then Again, I'm not meaning to be cryptic, but also I don't want to be really explicit about yeah, it. Yeah, But like, but like yeah. halfway through the year, then had some like actual evidence of what I thought had happened with those friendships in black and white of like um it, of lots of I don't know messages and all sorts of stuff that I was then reading through, which just really upset me and, mm. and um confirmed to me what I thought had happened, but then also put me in this place of how when you've put your trust and safety in people who you love and they fuck you over, how do you take something forwards and yeah,
0: yeah.
1: trust in people, not only new people, but people already in your life as well? Yeah. Because you thought you had this thing and 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 people fucked you over. And it's really done a number on me. It's really... And I wasn't expecting to land here in this place of, mm. not, I did a lot of work over years of, 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 of trusting people and where do I get safety in people? And it is in, in connection with people. And then to discover that I feel like I've been, I've really been a bad judge of character then in who I was placing that trust and safety mm. in. Um, and it's really screwed me over um, yeah. in how I now do that um, and really struggling um a lot with that so I guess that's just what when you were talking it kind of evoked this sense of loss of yeah um and how you and only the only way of doing something is moving through all of that you know you can't reclaim it back or anything like I think it's moving forwards to like what's that going to look like um and that kind of being let down and disappointed and then I think where it's led me is I start seeing disappointment and let down in even small little things that do or don't happen and yeah. it really messes with my head. And, um, I, um, yeah, I mean, all of that said there's been some fucking brilliant things this, this year as well. And like yeah. some really lovely, lots of lovely things and lots of good adventures. And I've got lots of people in my life I do love and trust and feel safe with, but yeah, yeah. It, it seems to have been a bit drowned by this other sort of feeling. And that's, that's been difficult. And um, yeah.
0: I think what's, what comes to my mind as we're talking relating this to my cat, my uh, love life stuff that I won't get into and the stuff that you've just spoken about. There's that quote that I think we all heard quite a lot of this year when the queen died. There's a quote, grief is the price we pay for love, um, which is wrongly attributed to the queen she did say that but she was quoting somebody else but i can't remember who it was that she was quoting some psychologist um and that quote was paraded around a lot when she died but i think it's it it is a truth that we're both talking about which is that um when you make a decision to love and to trust and to let somebody into your life whether that's in a romantic sense or a friendship sense or a work sense or a pet sense um there's a you are opening yourself up to being completely fucked up by it to having your world turned upside down by it and for that love to be to become experienced as grief um and pain and i think there's like I mean, we've both spoken on this podcast before about how much we hate that kind of Instagram pop psychology stuff. And there's a, there's a thread in that whole world, which, you know, is all about protecting yourself from difficult people and, you know, don't let, you know, difficult people into your lives because they'll only fuck you up and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's it's all individualistic, you know, look after yourself, number one. Um, And I think that's such wank because I with my cat with the situation you know uh, in in my love life um my feeling is that as much as it hurts and as much as i described limbo as hell earlier on it's it's worth it for love. i there's no part of me that wishes i'd never got my cat 12 years ago to save myself the pain that i'm in now I'm really grateful that I had her. And I think, especially when it comes to like pop spirituality, there's like a thread, like a Western thread of Buddhism that kind of almost feels like just detach yourself from any of your negative emotions, you know, like you want to get to a place where you don't feel sad or lonely or angry or whatever, and, you know, remove all desire from your life. And that's quite attractive because it's quite simple. Like it would be nice to just be on an even keel all of the time. Um but I think ultimately I would still choose this over that.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So here's the thing. Right. Here's oh, the thing. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> um, Coming in hot. <laughs> <here's the thing. laughs> um, I don't disagree with anything you just said. Like I like in terms of loss, absolutely. Um, I guess the thing that I'm reckoning with is not the loss of friendships is the being fucked over by Mm. friendships. Those I've also dealt with them ending and losing them, but actually it was the, what happened to end them or to to, for things to happen. And then how I feel that's fractured me. Yes.
0: Yes. That is different. You're right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not in a place where I'm, And uh, I'll say a little bit more about this in a minute, but like I'm not in a place where I'm like, oh, I was grateful for them and that because actually at the moment I'm in a really fractured place and um, really struggling with that. The reason I I get to kind of gratitude a little bit is because there are things that those, those friendships gave me and supporting me with it really difficult times. I've spoken about like having an eating disorder before in here, but like they, they were really important to me. It's really specific times of helping me yeah. to get better. And, and I resent the gratitude I currently hold for them. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. so I, I am grateful, but I, I don't like feeling grateful um, yeah. for yeah. that because I'm left in this fractured place of not, Oh, why did I trust? Why did I trust those people that, that, that fucked me over, but now not only does that now, um, yeah, fracture seems to be the word that keeps coming to my head. But fracture when I'm meeting new people and forming new relationships. I mean, I still am meeting new people and forging new relationships and making new connections. But this it, it's changed something. But also my like ongoing long term connections I've got. I I've ended up going away from lots of interactions I have replaying them over and over in my head as to and the reason I keep doing that is to to say to myself, well, what have I just said? that's going to enable that person to fuck me over
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: yeah. and that's yeah. what that's left me with now and and including with like Greg I've been with Greg for 22 and a half years at this point and like I walk away from some interactions at the moment going like what have I just said where he's going to fuck me over now I know when I think that logically he's not gonna fuck me mm. over and like but I've had this experience where I was so safe and sure in some relationships yeah and some friendships that that is you fractured something for me now, and it's not fucked it completely because I still got people I love and feel safe with. You know, I've got um, Greg and Norma, and I've got like s- such close friends. Um, you know, I've got you and Phil and Tom and other uh, Lisa, my friend. I've got so many people that I do mm. love and feel safe with. Yeah, um, but I st- I go away and question all the time these interactions, and it's um it's a complicated old place to sit in. Um, yeah.
0: And yeah. I can see that in that context much more so than in the context of my cat dying or the other side yes. I've spoken about that grief is a price we pay for love is almost a bit twee. Like it's almost a bit like um, not
1: all, not all that helpful. Um, well, no, but it also is like, I don't think it's just not for every context in every situation. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, exactly, it's, exactly. Cause it is true. Like when I felt grief for, like yeah Rufus and Cookie who died like yes like it was hurtful it was really painful but it is the the cost yeah it would just seem to signify the huge amount of love I had the connection I had and and, and kind of a beautiful thing as well as a painful thing yeah um which I do not feel for the thing I'm talking about yeah yeah now I just feel like I've done so much work on myself over years and I now feel in this really fractured place and um, do not like it. Um,
0: But I think there's a, and this is probably why you and I both hate that kind of Instagram stuff, that feel good Instagram (laughs) stuff. And I'm guilty of it. There's a, those kinds of pithy little things um so um so i I can't even remember what the context was but i was messaging back and forth with a friend a few weeks ago who was going through a really hard time and i like I, said, I can't remember what the context was and even if i could it's not my story to tell um but i had in the car that day been listening to a podcast and uh a guy on the podcast was being interviewed and he was talking about um the death of his son um you know who was a kid at the time it's um Oh, shit, I've forgotten his name. It'll come back to me, comedian. uh, I know who you mean already,
1: the guy from Catastrophe.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. What's that guy's name?
1: Uh, Rob.
0: Rob Delaney, Rob Delaney. Yes, yeah. Um, And it was a really brilliant interview, and he spoke really openly and honestly and candidly about how this had kind of ripped a hole in him. Um, But he said one of the things that helped him was he remembered, I think he said it was the lyrics to a song maybe that he used to listen to as a kid, that where that goes a heart that hurts is a heart that works and he was saying that for him his heartache was a sign that he was alive and he was still feeling stuff and so <laughs> in conversation with my friend i was like hey i heard this thing on this podcast that might help and um, a heart that hurts is a heart that works and my friend was like are you fucking kidding me you're coming coming at me with that after what i've just told you a heart that hurts is a heart that works are you having a laugh and i was like yeah okay i can see i can see see why that's probably not the right thing to say and actually it was in that that graphic novel that i read this morning um it's only at the center of the earth there's this brilliant little moment in it where she's in the pit of depression and she walks through a train station or something and there's a sign on the wall that says it's okay not to be okay and there's a scene there's a picture of her looking at it and then the caption says something like um uh zoe tried not to think too much about why she always understood these kinds of things as an attack or something like that was i I took a picture of it actually it'll be on my phone i'll give you zoe didn't think too much about why she felt mocked by these kinds of slogans um and again i've said to people it's okay not to be okay and sometimes (laughs) sometimes that's the right thing to say but there are times when if somebody would say that to me, I'd feel yeah. like it doesn't feel well, fucking okay, actually. <laughs> no. It, I'd rather not, be yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, my experience is it is not okay right now. And, like, like yeah. context is everything. Context is everything.
0: That's right. Um, that's right. Um,
1: yeah. Sometimes it works, that quote. Sometimes it doesn't apply. Sometimes it's valid for your situation. You know, it, context is everything. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, not to just keep bringing it back to this situation I've talked about, but I feel like that fractured sense of self that I feel like I've been landing in is it, it it's fractured my sense of context. Mm. And I apply that thing that happened to every context. Yeah. And like everyone's out to screw me over. And not in some like paranoid kind of, I actually think that way. Yeah. But there's a pit of my stomach feeling of
0: yeah. I'm going to be fucked over. So, A question that I don't have an answer for. So we've, I think, in everything we've spoken about, we've spoken about something adjacent to home and the loss of a sense of home. Um, So whether it's you being fucked over by people you once thought were friends, whether it's me losing my cat, um, it's very relevant to relationship type stuff. Uh, that we've both spoken about a little bit um and i guess the question you know i always come back to this is called the joy story um yeah. and what i'm trying to figure out for myself at the moment is feeling a bit homeless as i do um where where do i look for joy where do i find joy and i don't want that to sound like my life is a joyless desert like you know like i'm in the pit of despair yeah. although sometimes i am in the pit of despair that that is a reality um, and yeah. but it's not the only reality but there's like for me there's this question about like do i do i accept my current situation that this is just what it is for the time being and I don't have any control over it and I just need to sit with it and that joy comes from that. Or do I work hard and fight to create the home that I want to create, whatever, whatever that looks like. Do you know what I mean? Like obviously I'm talking about more than losing a cat right now. I'm talking about bigger life stuff. You know, you can apply this to jobs, to friendships, to relationships, to all sorts of stuff.
1: Um, I guess I think it's like somewhere in the middle of that though. Like uh, um, sometimes your situation is your situation or your emotional state is your emotional state. And there's an element of needing to leaning, leaning, leaning to that and sit in that and go through it. But I also, in terms of joy as well, you know, like maybe that joy will come from that, but maybe it's pretty miserable at times. Mm. And the balance between that and finding joy which I don't think means how do I we've spoke about this before but how do I create happiness in my life and just be joyful all the time it's it's yeah. it, for me it's always like finding things that bring you joy in the moments of joy that you can create more of hopefully sometimes that balance a bit of that out and mm. I know I've when I was talking about scrambling around this year some of that scrambling around has enabled me to find new joyful things or people and um it's not the answer to everything, but I've got these pockets of, um, and I spoke about like dance classes on here before. But like moving to to where I am now, I um I found a new dance class that's run by like, these professional dancers who have like been on tour with all these like famous bands and stuff, and they're incredible. And I, it's just such an every Sunday I go to this dance class and it just brings me so much joy doing yeah, that. Yeah, and I look forward to it so much. And and a number of other things as well this year, like different adventures I've been on with like. Uh, friends and mo- just moments sometimes of connection like just hanging out with you this week as well Like that's mm-hmm. one of those things you know it's just like these moments of well this really does bring me joy it doesn't have to be anything huge although it is huge in a way but it's just that okay find these moments and it doesn't have to be all of the time mm-hmm. um, so yeah there's a kind of creation of what Brings me joy. How do I get a bit more of that? Whilst also sitting and leaning into some of that difficult stuff. And maybe that works or not for you. But I was, I was just thinking about my situation there, really, with how I keep saying about And I think I do need to. The reason I've come to this realisation of that fracturedness is because I've leaned into it and yeah, yeah. before I thought I was angry or upset and actually I'm a bit broken by it and yeah. like, just kind of leaning into that and realising that I'm thinking like what do I need to do with that and some of it is sitting with it some of it, yeah, some of it get distractions, some of it's find moments of joy and bigger life decisions, there's all sorts of stuff though isn't there, I don't think there's mm. just a how do I, I take if, it?
0: Uh, there's something in what you've just said about I, I wonder if joy more often than not is a gift that we receive Mm -hmm. rather than something which we labor for Mm -hmm. Um, and i know i've observed this in myself the past few weeks when i'm feeling in a low anxious lonely depressed whatever kind of place um i tend to try to fill the silence with noise to distract me you know so you know i'll scroll through reddit for longer than is healthy you know or you know constantly have podcasts or whatever playing in the background just tr- you know try to get me away from you know my feelings which don't feel particularly pleasant uh, at the moment um but in the moments where i have had the courage to stop and sit and listen and look They've not, you know, it's not like they've all been beautiful, amazing, shining moments. A lot of them have been really sad moments. And those have been the times when I've cried uh, or, you know, felt really bad. But also those have been the times when I've received little gifts. You know, that's when I've been made aware of a friend who's thinking of me or, you know, even, even just noticed things, you know, been able to be grateful for things um and i don't mean that in some kind of spiritual way like you know it's not like if we just be quiet for a moment god will then give us gifts because that's a really mean god it's just like (laughs) waiting for like if you quiet a moment (laughs) (laughs) cross your legs be quiet Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and then i'll give you joy but i guess i guess what i'm saying is i wonder if maybe part of the key here is less about fighting to create something and more about observing you know like looking and listening and noticing the little gifts of joy that we receive all the time every day um which could lead us quite nicely into our joy stories um yeah. but we don't have to go straight there is that what what do you think
1: I think it's a good. What are we going to do for joy story? Are we going to do like a joy story from the last six months, from recently? Like, what do you want to do?
0: Um, I mean, I think we can go any time in the last six months, can't we? But just for the sake of memory, I'll probably choose something more recent.
1: <laughs> okay, um, would you care to go first? Um, uh,
0: shit. Um,
1: was that your joy story? just shit. shit shit yeah I took, i took a really pleasurable shit mm,
0: i mean there is some joy to be found in that at times but that's not that's not what i'm going to go for it's not that kind of podcast and it's not a lavatorial podcast
1: i mean if we i did once have a really pleasurable lavatorial experience and it was after this was like 20 odd years ago eating 64 ounces of steak in one sitting and it's just that, not-
0: it's not the direction i was expecting this conversation that to come created at
1: all. um it created a backlog um for several, <laughs> several days um but says, and then why, i was uh,
0: why are you doing this
1: i don't know i but I, I can't stop now i've started <laughs> why have you
0: started telling this awful story
1: on a why public is it platform? so what makes it so awful
0: people you work with might decide to listen to this and it just be a story about your horrible steak shit
1: it wasn't a horrible steak shit, I'll have you know. It, it was a, um, a really nice steak shit. It was a magnificent <laughs> steak shit because it took so long to arrive. um And then all of a sudden, it was, yeah, it, look, it, it was a, a lovely release in the end.
0: Cool. All right. Is that your joy story? Is that where you're going? No,
1: with? no, it's not my joy story, but like I okay, was going I should somewhere hope with not. It I you, should hope not. Yeah, I was going somewhere with it and you put a tone on it and you ruined my story. I
0: think you did a good job of putting the tone on it yourself.
1: It was going somewhere different, but it's now, that's it.
0: Listeners, um, I'm, so, I'm so sorry about what Dan's just done.
1: I'm, I'm, so sorry sorry that, a... I'm sorry that Tim feels like there needs to be some <laughs> element of shame relating to defecating. Um,
0: I'm all about shaming, shit-shaming.
1: <laughs> um, anyway, what's your joke story?
0: I wasn't listening to that story, I can tell you that. No, you didn't <laughs> let me
1: actually tell the story, so... <laughs>
0: um oh man uh what's my joy story um okay yeah okay so so um since the last episode of joy story i've started a new job um i am now the lead the spirituality lead at a hospice so i help patients at the end of their lives have their pastoral spiritual religious needs met and I'm off work this week for Christmas, but in the last week, which was only my second week in the job, um, I had an email uh, one evening saying, we need you to plan an emergency wedding. Um, And I panicked because I've never planned any wedding before, let alone an emergency wedding. I didn't know where to begin or what to do. Um, so I showed up to work that morning knowing what I was going to have to do that day. Uh, and just thinking, how the hell am I going to pull this off? But it was for a guy who I'd known for a little while. I'd been supporting him on and off as a patient at the hospital where I had been working before. So I'd met him and his wife to be, um, quite a few times over the past year and gotten to know them quite well. Uh, so I went to go and speak to them and said, i gather you guys want to get married and they confirmed that and so i uh pretended to be very confident and i was like it's great news it's really exciting we can do that for you we'll sort it out we will get you cake we'll get you confetti i'll sort out a registrar and she the patient's partner. I think I made her cry three times that day because she was just expecting a registrar to come in and sort things out. She wasn't expecting cake and confetti and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, So I pretended to be very confident and then, you know, talked with colleagues uh, in the corridors who, sorry, my cat just made a gross noise. I don't know if you heard that. She does that sometimes. Um, But my colleagues in the hospital were all, in the hospice, sorry, were all amazing. And they just jumped into action. They were like, okay, so-and-so will sort out cake, so-and-so will sort out confetti. We need to go to Tesco. Who's going to do that? Um, and this patient and his wife-to-be were really enormously grateful. And I spent a lot of time with the partner, on the phone to the registrar's office and that kind of stuff, trying to get somebody in, trying to sort out time. Eventually we got somebody and they were going to come in the next day at whatever time. Um, and so it was all happening. And so when I left that evening, I stuck my head into his room and I kind of said, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning for your wedding day. Um, and my plan for the evening was I was going to have to write a wedding service because I've never done one of those before. So um, I was preparing to write a little reflection and all that kind of stuff for them um and then the next morning i got into the office and received a phone call within 10 minutes of being there from the ward to say unfortunately he died um and so the wedding can't obviously can't happen and i felt gutted i just felt really like oh man that's so sad it's so fucking sad you know like this is going to be a lovely little moment of joy just before christmas um and It's just a real bummer that it's not going to happen, especially given everything that we went through yesterday to to kind of try to pull it off. And everyone on the ward felt really sad about it as well. They were all looking forward to it. And I was talking to somebody, one of the other staff members on the ward who was feeling a bit gutted about it. And I found myself saying, um, you know, trying to offer some comfort to one of my colleagues. I found myself saying, but you know, nothing is wasted and actually what we did for this man on the last day of his life was to make him feel really cared for and we made him feel like his wishes were really important important enough for all of us to drop everything and make them happen and we made them as a couple feel looked after by promising cake and confetti which we'd bought that was all there ready to go on on the morning um and even though on the surface of this it's a really sad story and obviously it is a really sad story there's no getting away from it there is some joy to be found in taking a person so seriously even at the very end of their lives that you will move heaven and earth to fulfill a particular wish of theirs and i even though i felt very sad by the events, I felt really like I'm so glad that I got to be a part of that, and I'm so glad that I got to be a part of making people feel loved, supported, looked after, giving them some hope and excitement in what was what turned out to be that guy's last day. Um, so it's kind of a weird joy story because it's a really sad story, but I I do feel joyful about it, and it all of the hard stuff that I've talked about from my life in this podcast um is matched by the excitement and joy that i have about going into work at the moment because i feel like i'm in the right place and i'm the right guy for the job and that's a really joyful feeling
1: that's really lovely i um i also think it's a really lovely example of i hope this gets interpreted in the right way um but like something not having to be a means to an end, but like the means itself, you know, the doing and the excitement you were talking about there is, is the, is the, the thing. Yeah. And you didn't get to the thing it was going to be for, but not that that doesn't matter, but it almost doesn't because of the feelings that were generated as a result. And like how you dare taking someone seriously and all that excitement. And I think often in, in many situations, people think a means always has to be to an end. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes enjoying or being in the moment of the means, um, yeah, is really important. That
0: I I have already waffled on quite a lot about my own joy story, so I will hand over to you in just a sec. But I just uh, years ago, years and years ago, I did a little bit of work for a different hospice, and I was talking to one of the nurses there at the hospice, and um, was saying it's really hard because we can't do anything to give our patients any hope and she was like well you're wrong about that (laughs) and she was like look we can't fix our patients we can't make them get better but we can make their lives better we can give them reasons to live we can do everything we can if they've got one day left on earth we can we have the power to make that a good day for them um and that like I say, that conversation probably happened five or six years ago. Um, But it I carry it with me now in my job at the hospice that there's some, even though, like in this, this, this is a perfect shining example of it that even though I couldn't couldn't stop the guy from dying, nobody could, it wasn't yeah. within our power. But what was in our power was to make their last day a really, really special one and a really hopeful one, an optimistic one. Um,
1: and yeah, I know that planning isn't like a, a waste because it wasn't able to happen, you know, it's all of that. Like, right. That's the that's mean right. stuff, isn't it? That's the, like the doing like it's, it's yeah. equally as valid as an important and maybe more so than the, if it had been, I don't know, a different stage earlier in life, the way it had been planned and then happened, you know, it's just, it's just as valid and important. Um, mm. And just because the thing didn't happen. Yeah. I just, there's something really beautiful. I think in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah um
0: what's your joy well, story
1: i don't know um i was just thinking i mean i've got like i'm gonna cheat and just like reel off um a few because it's been a few months i'm gonna reel i'm not gonna go into detail about loads but okay, i'm gonna okay. reel off a few and okay. then the one that's come to mind that brings me a lot of joy just thinking about it and it's making me smile i will say a little bit more about it. but it's only quite a small moment but it was it genuinely made me really happy um so what I will say, considering everything I just said earlier about like fracturedness and relationships and the things that have brought me joy are all about doing things in connection and uh, engaging with other people. Mm. Um, so I don't even know where to start really, but like uh, the last few months. So this year I was um, the uh, co-best man for one of my best friends, uh, mm. my best friend's wedding. And so I organized his... Um, like stag do, and then uh, at his wedding. Um, I, um, I guess like there's normally this like y- your tradition would be to write a best man speech. Um, so I instead like wrote some music for him and them as a couple um, that I played on on the piano like at the wedding, and then wrote a poem that I read out. And I mean I was nervous as hell doing it because it was so personal and meant so much, and I'd, I'd, I'd poured so much into it. Um, and it was really like received in this really lovely way. And I think just the joy for me in that was being able to give something that meant so much. And yeah. uh, and hopefully that then meant so much that other people have like carried, especially um, Phil and um, his wife now Rosie as well. I hope that kind of means something and, and stays something. Um, but everything kind of surrounding that really. Um, and lots of like lots of new adventures over the last few months, lots of like different theatre experiences um the Spice Girls second album Spice World turning 25 years uh, no. <laughs> this, uh in November it wouldn't something... be joy
0: story without a mention of the Spice Girls at least um,
1: so this is the 25th anniversary that I'm holding up uh, 25th anniversary of Spice World that brought me like, a lot of joy <laughs> I've got like a load of merch around that and I'm really excited by that um like lots of things and then I know we already spoke about this, but us meeting up this week, things like that, Tim, like mm. just connecting with you, whether it's through messaging or meeting up, or whatever, like brings me so much joy. And like that hope you were just talking about a minute ago—the hope that okay, I have this fractured sense of trust and safety in people, but there's still like a lot of hope and, and safety and trust that I do feel and do experience, mm. and I, and I love that so much. And and I get that in various places, and like you know, so with you. Uh, With my other friends I mentioned earlier, with Greg on a daily basis, you know, some uh, just I was gonna say the small things that he does sometimes, but it's not, it's big, you know, basically like prepares dinner for me every day and it's just always lovely and beautiful. And sometimes I think I take that for granted, but Mm -hmm. he'll notice things sometimes, he'll notice if I've started running more or I'm doing things with food that i perhaps shouldn't do in an unhealthy way for myself and like just really lovely things yeah. my walk every day with norma um just yeah. so many things going to my younger sister's wedding in august and starting a conversation with her that i should have had a long time ago because i was pretty i think i let her down in a big way that i shouldn't have done over this last year and regret that and be able to start a conversation and like hopefully forge something there um and the moment I really want to talk about actually, it's not a big one, but we went to Florida in September for the first time in a few years because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Florida's definitely my happy place. I just love it there so much. And all of the theme parks we go to, we go to these haunted houses for Halloween, horror nights, it's called at Universal Studios. And there was a haunted house based off the music of The Weeknd. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd never really listened to The Weeknd before going um, and started getting into The Weeknd. And um, there's just a moment of one song playing in that haunted house, all this like freaky imagery around you and this song. And I just remember having a tiny little boogie to myself in the middle of this moment and just feeling so happy yeah. with this like song and this moment and like being in this happy, safe place. Um, and it was yeah, it makes me just feel joy remembering that little moment. It doesn't uh, sound
0: like a very scary haunted house if you're having a little dance halfway through doesn't sound like you were traumatized were, by it there
1: were moments of joy like i mean i do get joy from those terrifying moments in the haunted house yeah, that's why yeah, greg's yeah. always behind me and like follows me through because i'm just screaming and jumping constantly okay, okay. And, like, there's so much like joy i get in that in the kind of safety of the scare yeah and, like yeah. it's i'm gonna be okay yeah yeah uh, and i can experience it and i'm gonna be okay um so yeah, that brought me a lot of joy. And subsequently now like, I listen to a lot of the weekend and, and I'm going to see the weekend next year uh, as well in concert. Yeah. And anyway, all of that. So all, all of the things I think I probably missed a ton, but loads I'd want to say just about the all connections with people. So whilst connections with people have been a bit of my downfall yeah. since that thing I was talking about, they've also been the like saving, I was gonna say saving grace. Um yeah. like saving yeah. like they have, like they've been the thing that Yeah, pull those fractured parts of me together
0: yeah 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 yeah, totally you just the the hornet house story just made me think um of uh, i can't remember when it was say a couple of months ago i was just sitting with a kind of lingering feeling of anxiety all morning that i couldn't quite pinpoint i don't know where it came from but it's just kind of around And then I went to the cinema with a mate in the afternoon to watch a horror movie, which I never, I'm not a horror movie guy, you know, I'm not really massively into horror, Mm -hmm. but we decided to go and do this. And there was some joy in, for a moment, um, rather than just an unnamed, shapeless feeling of anxiety that I couldn't quite figure out, I could say that's what I'm scared of. I'm scared yeah. of this right now. And actually it's safe because it's on the screen. So it's a safe yeah. kind of, you know, boundary kind of feeling of fear. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, sorry. That was, that was, I made it about yeah,
1: me. Yeah, no, but... no, That's that. I think there was something in that, in the kind of, that's where I can place that feeling. On yeah, that yeah. And it, and it makes some kind of sense. Um, oh, also getting to do like Jurassic Park exhibition with you. Um, like oh, yeah. actually doing some yeah. real life dino fun. Like that was yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. That was really fun. That was a great day. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that. There you go. Lots
1: of, you know, in all the kind of lonely stuff, the lost stuff, the grief, depression, fracturedness, we've got a lot of joy there.
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Some
1: really good, real joy. Yeah. Which is really nice. And just um to circle back, the purpose of this podcast is for Tim's parents not to be weird with his friends. Yeah,
0: come on. Just, guys, just <laughs> please don't embarrass me. Please don't embarrass me. That's all I ask. You know who you are. You know who you are. What was I going to say? I was about to say something.
1: Um, nope, nope, it's gone. Oh, um. I- Sorry, I just I I know I listed a load already. I'm just going to say one more thing. Okay. Um,
0: so joyful, every, so joyful. I
1: know. What well, every day in December, um, for like an Advent thing, my my two little nieces, um, Mila and Mabel, did a musical Advent calendar. So every day, I got a message for a video that they did of singing a different Christmas song That's together with, it. with with like instruments and props and all sorts. And it was just, I just every day it brought so much joy i looked forward to it every day and then my little nephew blake did like a couple of videos in response to them as well and they just they're just beautiful kids i understood and yeah it was just really really lovely that's really cute man that's awesome yeah yeah that's really
0: cool cool well um this has been really fun uh i've missed doing it for the past six months so it's been really nice to to do it again and um I guess we just leave it kind of open-ended. So sorry, listeners that you, you kind of chucking you in limbo now, but uh, we will probably, I mean, I think it's probably likely we'll do more, but when that'll be. Who
1: yeah. Knows? Who knows? Well, well so we we'll don't do want to do put that kind of, of scheduled pressure on ourselves, but because we're finding a newfound spontaneity, who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We might do it tomorrow. I no, probably, probably won't do Pro- it tomorrow. Probably won't, probably won't like do it there.
1: tomorrow yeah it's am yeah. like we're not that spontaneous
0: no no, no 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 oh i should say there's um there's a listener who listens to this podcast who lives over in america who emailed me a little while ago and he's emailed me a few times and i want to publicly apologize to jordan because um he's emailed me a few times and i've been really shit at replying and it's not a personal thing it's that our emails to each other are quite long and The way I felt the past couple of months, I've just not really had the uh, emotional energy to write really long emails. So Jordan, thank you for your emails. I love you. I love reading them. And I will reply to you at some point, but just don't take my lack of reply personally. Uh, It's just been a a better lack of energy rather than anything else.
1: Um, On behalf of the Joy Story team, we apologize. Yes,
0: for Tim's behavior.
1: For Tim's Um, awful behavior. Awful, awful behavior.
0: And check out It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth by Zoe Thorogood because whether you're into graphic novels or not, it's just such a cool, brilliant exploration of all those difficult feelings. Really, 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 really recommend it.
1: And we're doing like a joy recommendation now. Is this a new segment?
0: Um, It can be. Do you want to recommend something before we go?
1: Check out Spice World 25. Fucking hell. (laughs) 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 All
0: right, I'm ending it. (laughs) see you later bye guys
1: bye folks